Welcome to the Hot Level Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Jay, uh, I'm covering a team. We are talking about a team that has lost 12 of 20 and 6 of 9. 6 of its past 9. And they played the Nationals. Jay, what do we even talk about today? We're going to we're gonna cover Fernando Tatis Jr. We're going to cover the offense. But tell me where you want to start because, um, you know, this team. I, I was just reviewing the the, the sheet that I that I quickly scrambled together before our last podcast, which was before the, the guardian series. And I had on here that they were 16 and 14 since the all-star break and that they were the number of runs they had scored in the wins and the losses. You know, it didn't take very long to update. I, I didn't have to pull out the abacus to add the number of runs that they've scored in the losses. So two losses, one run, you know, Cleveland has good pitching. I always liked Cal Quantrill, but it's still, that is, that is, that is bad. This has been a bad baseball team lately. I don't think there's any anybody that would sugarcoat that at this at this point. Like you said, six of nine, 12 of 20, even 16 and 16 since the break, given the teams that they've played, uh, is not good for a team that is supposed to be better. And, and was know, I, until I, this point. And was. Like they were beating teams they should beat. They were even yep. beating some good teams, but not lately. It just, it just doesn't matter. Like the Royals are coming up. They're whatever they are, 51 and 75. It doesn't matter. They're, the Royals are terrible. I mean, I looked at some of their numbers, uh, just a couple numbers, because I didn't want to spend that much time on the Royals. They're awful. Um, they have a couple decent pitchers. They have one or two decent hitters. I mean, they traded one of their best hitters to the Yankees, traded another one to the Blue Jays. So, I mean, they're a bad team. They're not trying to win. And yet, it's hard to go into this series as someone who follows the Padres with any sort of confidence that, like, okay, now this is the time that the Padres are going to break out because they really haven't shown any signs of it. I mean, the last what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Those losing six of nine, they've scored more than three runs once. That's that's almost impossible to believe. And I know Soto didn't play the last couple of games, but still, how is this team this bad? I guess is the question and that a lot of people are asking. And and I've gotten the question on Twitter. I've gotten the question from, from people I know. Uh, and I, I don't really have an answer other than I, I sent you a note yesterday that I, it either comes down to players are either underperforming or they're being over-evaluated by the front office. Okay. I, I really mm-hmm. place the blame on one or the other. And I, I don't know what the answer is. You know, is Trent Grisham better than this? Should Trent Grisham be better than this? Or is this who Trent Grisham is? I guess you can ask that question about several people. I mean, Austin Nola. I saw Andres Munoz yesterday just absolutely blow away Cleveland for the last four outs of the game. And it was like, oh, yeah, he pitched here. What the Padres get for him? Uh, oh, they got Austin Nola and a couple other people I can't even remember. Uh, oh, Austin Adams, I guess, as well, who set a record last year for hit batters. And they also gave up Ty France and Taylor Trammell and Trammell and a couple of other uh, people. So it's like that kind of thing, you know, I, that's kind of where I start. I My my gut feeling is this front office did not evaluate a lot of players very well. That's that's where I would start. It would be hard to argue with that. And, and I always hesitate to evaluate trades until... Like, I mean, it's just there there are waves of when you can evaluate trades like the the Indians came to town. And and Jay, you're one of the people who gets to talk about Cal Quantrill because you were such a huge Cal Quantrill guy. Right (laughs) now, look, we all as media members and fans, one of the the job descriptions we have is the right to not care that we were wrong uh, and just start spouting in the immediate sense. Right. But it sort of drives me crazy when my colleagues, 
Uh, I'm sure I've done it. I try not to do it. Fans do it is, you know, you were all in on a trade and all that. And then a year later, two years later, three years later, it didn't work out. And, and, and the guy who made the trade is a complete buffoon and all that. That's all right though, because the guy who made the trade, that's his job. That is his job. That's what he gets evaluated on is, is that, and look, relitigating the, the Mike Clevenger trade, those players may or may not reach their ceiling. They may or may not help the Guardians they are right now. They may or may not help them over the long term. The Mike Clevenger trade, unless the Padres win the World Series this year and Mike Clevenger is, you know, wins some significant games or contributes, that trade was doomed like four starts after he got here because right. that trade was to combine him with the Nelson Lamette to make the Padres World Series contenders in 2020. And I will stand by that, that had those guys stayed healthy, then they would have. They would have given the Dodgers. They were giving the Dodgers a run during the regular season. They right. would, could have slash would have in the division series. Didn't happen. Both those guys' elbows were hurt. Baba. The problem with me defending A.J. Preller in that manner is you got to do it over and over and over again. Heck, we may end up having to do it with Juan Soto, you know, that guy on <laughs> the back that- of the 330 on base percentage. And and I'm I'm joking. I don't think that's going to no. happen. But oh my gosh, like yeah. But the Soto trade is one that I think people were in on. People were in on that. And and I'll say I thought that the Grisham trade was a good trade when it happened. I mean, I'll admit that Grisham looked like he had potential. I wasn't a huge Lauer, you know, giving up Lauer and Luis Urias. It seemed like that was okay. That's a fair enough deal. And Zach Davies was used, you know, he was useful uh, for a while with the Padres. Then he was used to get you Darvish, which, you know, certainly was a good trade uh, for the, uh, mm-hmm. for the Padres. So, uh, and, and by no means am I saying every trade is a bad trade. I mean, the Joe Musgrove trade was very good trade. Um, and the Darvish trade was a very good trade, but I think that, you know, the, that's where I come back to the, the Grisham thing. Is it on Grisham or is it on Preller? Uh, and that's and I don't know that there's a correct answer for that. This might be just who Trent Grisham is. And the same thing with the Seattle trade. For the Seattle trade to work, they Austin Nola had to be has to be good. Austin Nola is not particularly good. He's not terrible, but he's a guy. And yeah. they needed Austin Nola and still need Austin Nola to be more than a guy. And they needed Austin Adams to be every bit as good as Andres Munoz. And both of them have had their injury issues, but Adams was healthy last year. And he set a record for hitting guys. Munoz wasn't. He came back this year and he looks at least, again, I'm basing it on one outing, but I think he's pitched pretty well. And his he's upside pretty, was so immense. His upside was so big. He's, I mean, man, he was good to watch when he was when he was here. And yeah, Austin Adams has that great slider, but Munoz was so good to watch. And, you know, Ty France is another story. I mean, Ty France was phenomenal in the first half this year. Ty, I forget the number I sent you yesterday. Ty France is hitting like 129 since the all this month or something like that. I mean, he has not been good. I still, you know, you still think he's going to be a pretty decent player. Maybe there wasn't a spot for him here, but it's those kind of things. And there's a lot of those kind of trades that you can go way back to. I mean, getting rid of Trey Turner and Max Freed, uh, you know, buying in on buying heavy on Will Myers, and, and I'm. And, and Preller has done some really good things, you know, traded for Tatis, traded for Musgrove, traded for Darvish. He got Cronenworth uh, in a deal that, you know, whether Cronenworth was the intended target or not, he was a uh, he was a good result out of those deals. But I, I just think that the, the bottom line for why is this team not good or not as good as it should be is it has to be either to me and, and I'm happy to have somebody else come up with a different answer. I just don't think it's Bob Melvin. 
We've had two different managers we've seen in the last two years. One guy seemed like he was in over his head. Everybody said he was in over his head. Bob Melvin is not in over his head. This guy has won hundreds and hundreds of games in the big leagues with teams that looked like they were a lot less talented than this one. So it just seems to come down to either the players are underperforming or they just weren't that good to begin with. And the Padres thought they were better than they are. Here's some evidence for the fact or for the uh, theory, the idea that there's been some mis. Uh, evaluation. There is, there can be no argument that this team should be better with the payroll it has. So there, there right. you go, right there. Yeah. Now, two key players I think are underperforming, and I think that the team thinks is underperforming, uh, top to bottom. Jake Cronenworth and Trent Grisham. Trent Grisham is better than a two hundred one hitter or whatever it is right now. Right. You might not think he's as good as he was the end of his uh, nineteen and and then in twenty in the shortened season. Maybe last year, which was injury plagued, um, and still I think you know he was above average player. You may think that's what he was but he's not this all right there's too much evidence for that something has happened where i think trent grisham's gone down the wormhole of like i'm i have this great eye and it paralyzes me um um, i've talked a lot about that jake cronenworth is a contributor in so many ways but in terms of his numbers right like what you need him to be yeah hasn't been that so there's two guys that i don't know that there were misevaluations now like the brewers weren't that high now i should say that the powers that be at the Brewers. I talked to people at the Brewers who thought that giving up Trent Grisham was a terrible mistake. But, um, you know, whatever. I think it's both, Jay, as most things are. It's not right. there. But there is no doubt that um, some things, and I can't remember if I took this line out of my story yesterday, but regardless, like there needs to be some reevaluation internally. And there already has been, and there will be this offseason about who do you keep and and that sort of thing. Um, because there's some guys that just are not what you what you thought. Because honestly, this formula that they have of super re- good players and then some other average players, it's a good formula. It's worked for a lot of teams. Yeah. <laughs> but but then for one thing is the super good players have to have to perform. And I, I would say that one has to get on the field. Right. One, um. <laughs> one hasn't been on the field all year. And, and and that does play a part in all this. I mean, the Padres are, are 68 and 58 um, and Tatis has not played a game, nor will he. That's mostly on Tatis, although you could probably make a little bit of an argument that the Padres didn't handle the situation in the offseason all that great. Um, but they haven't had Tatis. Machado's been great. You know, Soto, we talked about last time. He's been good since he's been here, but he hasn't been. Oh, my God, look how great Juan Soto is. Josh Bell has not been good with the exception of two games. Uh, and, geez, where would they be without those two games even where he hit home runs? But he has not been good. You know, Will Myers hasn't been good this year. Nola hasn't been good this year. Alfaro looks terrible lately. I keep thinking, what's wrong with Luis Camposano? Doesn't he, should he get a shot at this point? They you traded know, for Cam Gallagher. Luis Camposano's not coming up unless yeah. something's changed in the last two weeks, and he is hitting more home runs. They're they're you know yeah. So if that's the case, are they wrong on Camposano? I mean, he's he's another guy that's supposed to be a great prospect that they didn't trade. Maybe. Maybe he wasn't in demand as much this time around. I, I don't, you know, I'm not privy to that. I to never know. heard his name, which doesn't mean that it wasn't out there. But sure. I, yeah, I didn't hear his name. So I, he may be a DH. Maybe he's not yeah. a catcher, you know. Um, uh, I think there'll be some reevaluation of that, or there has been some reevaluation of that. And that's just me. I'm not saying that Camusano is moving positions. I'm saying yeah. that this current pitching staff, um, this is not the staff for Luis Camusano. Right, and this staff also catches. Yeah, and this staff could also look different, you know, when going into next year. I mean, there are guys who are 
what is it, at least two guys who are free agents? Um, you, yeah. You're, you're, you've got the- Snell, Darvish, and uh, Musgrove coming back. Coming back. Okay. So, yeah, Manaya and Clevenger are, are free agents. You know, and, and I we didn't even mention the job. The Josh Hader trade, you know, you bring in a guy who's been who's been fantastic, had one little dip in around the All Star break, and then came back and was fine, and then got traded here and and wasn't fine again. So that's another that's another story. The Blake Snell trade, uh, you know, I, I don't know. You could you could probably play that one either way at this point. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at Luis Patino's stats lately. <clears throat> Patino's also really young. So of course, what are they going to do about it now, though? That's the question. You know, we spent. 15 minutes talking about the issue, but there's 41 game. There's 41 days left in the season. Um, and there's 36 games, I believe left in the season. So what's the answer to get this team across the finish line play better? Well, that's, uh, Grisham and, and Cronenworth. Um, how about, you know, Juan Soto, who, um, is a fantastic player, maybe a little more slug from Juan Soto. Look, it's been 18 games that he's been in the lineup. You know, I mean, he's this is a guy who's capable of hitting, uh, you know, 15 bombs the rest of the way. Uh, right. You know, gosh, give us t- give, give give us 10 here, and, and that's probably pretty good. Um, you know, Josh Bell hitting better. Brandon Drury hitting better. Uh, I think there's signs that Josh Bell is is uh, going to pull is pulled out of that slump, taking the ball the other way a little bit more. There's there's and as I went back and looked, that's kind of what he does, right? Um so yeah, play better. Um, it's yeah. it's truly. I, I really believe like that these guys are caught in a. It's a bad spot. I don't know. Try to find out today. Did they go blow it out here when they got in late uh, th- uh, Wednesday night? Okay. Uh, did they go to the zoo yesterday? What 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 <laughs> did they do something yesterday that they were just like let's blow this up and start over because they can't. And there was an incredible Jake Cronenworth quote about going up there and just not being able to stay within your approach in the story that's online now. I think it's yeah. still at the top of our page unless Jeff's uh, pre-series story is up there. But you go up there and you uh, want to see pitches. And and so then you let the right one go by. Uh, you go up there and you're slumping. So you want to jump on a pitch and you swing at the wrong one. And you're like, I, I mean, just like just like me, you you guys are like, what? Well, you guys are professionals. It they're They're human. It's a really hard game. And it builds on itself. And you know the guy behind you is stinking right now, too. So you yeah. want to be the guy to help your team. So I know that a team that gets shut out four times in whatever it is, 16 games, that has scored, that scored what, nine runs on the six-game homestand, that's a team that looks flat. I know that that's a team that's not dancing in the dugout. Um, and 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 so they look bad, right? Uh, and they, uh, that's not the case here. I think this team is wound a little bit too tight, um, yeah. you know, and they can't all be Manny Machado who can go 0 for 14 and be like, whatever, because I'm going to go yeah. 3 for 4 with two doubles tomorrow. And um, <laughs> they, 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 they can't all be that guy. And they want to, but they can't. Um, so, and well, this, this, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, this was the quote I think you're talking about. You're trying to get a hit on the first pitch because you haven't had one in a while or trying to see as many pitches as you can and you miss one you should hit. It's the worst of both worlds. You're trying to inevitably do too much. Yep. And, and I think that probably sums up what a lot of these guys are doing. I think there's there's pr- there's more pressure than ever because of what happened last year. That you know, it's like, oh my God, they can say they can tell you we're not we're not the same team. We're not doing what we did last year. Right now, they're doing what they did last year, and they know it. I mean, they can they can say that they're not, but like you said, they're human. They know what's what's going on. I I know it's funny you say you don't know what they did yesterday, and be interesting to find out. I Tom Krasovic 
and I were talking one day and he said, this was like over a week ago. He said, Melvin needs to just take these guys bowling one day. And it was like, you know, and I think, you know, whatever it is, whether it's bowling or pickleball or whatever, they, they needed to do something where they just get out of their heads on yeah, back on, in the day it was almost baseball. predictable it was going to be a this was before social media and all that it was going to be at a local restaurant where they just had a forty thousand dollar tab of you right. know really good alcohol and that, yeah. that's not so much what happens anymore but uh something like that yeah so let's let's hope that maybe that's what uh, happened you can update us later um we'll we'll change spots here we'll we'll take a turn and go back make a u-turn to the off day, uh, or not the off day, but on Tuesday, when uh, Fernando Tatis appeared at Petco Park, he spoke to the team, he spoke to the media. You were there, you spoke to the team, you heard his his talk to the media. What's your, what's your takeaway on all this? In that the goal was for it to be a, a uh, series of first steps. I think that between his meeting with A.J. Preller, Peter Seidler, the team, uh, what he said publicly, and the fact that in the meeting with A.J. Preller, uh, that it was decided, you're, you know, he's going to get surgery. That was a goal of the Padres. It was, of course, a goal in the offseason. Uh, but yeah. now there was a little bit of, you know, leverage to a certain extent. And um, and that, that some I think some of the things that Tati said and that others said, uh, showed that this was very successful. I think for you to have a problem with what Fernando Tatis Jr. said, one, you expected him to come out and uh, say that his original story was bogus. And, well, mm -hmm. that's on you because that wasn't going to happen. Uh, right. And two, you were looking for something. I saw people that were disappointed, both in the media and and, and the uh, fans, that were disappointed like that A.J. Preller was, was sitting next to him. Okay, I, I mean – I don't know what that has to do with anything. Um, I think it was a little odd too, but but okay, that it was in the dugout and, as opposed to a press conference situation. Yeah, that was a real pain in the butt for us. Um, and I felt it, it made Tatis feel like a caged animal, um, yeah. but whatever. Uh, I thought that the tone and the words were about all that you can ask. And all they were were tone and words. The surgery is an action and what he does going forward is an action. I will say this, players, listen, other than my mom if i murdered someone and i was a member of the padres or any professional sports team i my teammates would be the ones that would have my back and that i would want to be on my jury because right, right. teammates love teammates and they especially love teammates that can help them win so those players wanted Tatis to come in and say the things that he said and to forgive him and to move on. There were hugs afterward. The right things were said afterward. This was a positive, positive, positive first step. Right. It's funny. I took the Preller. I, I, I didn't see much of the criticism or any of that kind of stuff. And I, what I took from Preller sitting there was sort of, this is, we've got your back kind of thing in terms that's of kind the, what I took too. Kind of I mean, the organization. If that's a bad thing, I, I don't know, I guess, I mean, and look, if you, if that's the way you feel great, I mean, you have the right to, to feel that way. I, that's just not anything that I took to be as, as an issue. I didn't even really think about it uh, other than that. I thought it was a, a sign of support by the organization. There's two things and take it from someone who's an expert on apologies, who has messed up a lot Um the, the two things that you have to do is, well, there's three, but in the moment you have to show sincerity and not lash back or blanch at any questions. And Tatis did not. It got a little bit into the minutia a few times about the cream and all this stuff. And there was never 
anything. And Tatis is an expressive guy, not as expressive as me, for those of you who know me or watch this as opposed to listen, um, but no eye rolls, no nothing, no change in tone <laughs> of voice. And I'm sorry, he's 23 years old. He's operating in his second language, which he's very good at. But still, mm-hmm. no matter how much he was coached, you can't do that if you're if there's not at least an understanding that you need to come across that way. And look, if that's all there is, if he is all behind the scenes giving us all the bird and saying, I'm getting screwed, whatever. But I don't right. think he is. I'm just saying that there's an understanding of what he needs to do. And that became very clear. And then the third thing that you need to do um, is that you need to then follow it up with action. Boom. Right. Right. And I thought that that Bryce Miller's column the, the next day was perfect because it was like, this was all, this was all great, but you'll be, everything gets judged on what happens on what happens next. Uh, and that's all, that's all you can do. I mean, all, all any of us can do now is wait and see what happens. I mean, if I he, can't wait, if, I can't. if he's on a motorcycle, if he's on an e-bike, Riding down Harbor Drive in the off season or something like that, then maybe that's a problem. Uh, but all we can do is wait and see what you know. Is wait and see what happens. If I wanted to do, if I wanted to break it down, if I were one, if I were one on one with him, if uh, and certainly in the future, given that opportunity, uh, not the first time I talked to him, but uh, you know, if given that opportunity, the one thing is uh, he was asked how he would have handled the the off season differently. He said I wouldn't have gone on a motorcycle. You know what? You should have communicated with the Padres better. That's what that, but again, uh, we're, yeah. you know, breaking it down. Uh, but I will say this. And the reason I wasn't compelled necessarily to follow up on that, really, you know, and, and I'm not beating myself up too much, is there were so many other things that he said that he showed in there that he understood that he has not been communicative. He has not mm-hmm. followed good advice before. Right. And 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 that is what's most important to the Padres and should be most important to you. I can't wait to see the reaction. Anecdotally, I will say this. I have seen far fewer 23 jerseys in the stands. I, I don't know. Could that have just been? I don't know. You know, but I have no idea. But uh, anecdotally, I would say far, far fewer. Maybe they were Maybe they were in the wash and the rotation was for somebody else or something. Yep. I, I don't know. Not but, scientific, but I'm telling yeah. you that all no. year – Lots of 23s and not absolutely homestand. Yeah. And and I that's it's understandable. And it's also interesting come next year. Yeah, I hope uh, you didn't throw uh, those away because uh once he yeah. hits five bombs in his first seven games. <laughs> <laughs> come next spring in Peoria, uh, you know, what yeah. does it look like there? And then obviously once they I, I I just glanced at the schedule, but I think they open at home again. Yes. Uh against the is it the Rockies and the Diamondbacks? It's the, the rock it's uh two- or the Rockies and Giants, maybe. Yeah, I think it's maybe Rockies Giants. I, I don't think I know, whatever it is. Yeah. I know it's against the Rockies and I know it's at home. And I mean, look, this team should open at home all the time. I mean, the, yeah. the, the weather here is pretty good uh, in uh, at the end of March, especially compared to some other places. And um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens when uh, when that happens. Now, he won't be there, obviously, opening day. Yeah. But the fans, you know, can still wear his jersey and that sort of. Uh, hey, if they uh, make, uh, if they win the World Series and every series goes, um, you know, seven, <laughs> the, the maximum, the, he could be back in the middle of April. So just, you know, just saying. You didn't just say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I can't think of anything else. Dar- uh, Musgrove pitches tonight. Darvish Musgrove, Darvish, Manaya. Manaya on Sunday, sort of the usual start times when they're in the Midwest, uh, 5-10 out here, 4-10 and 11-10 on Sunday. Uh, should be, it's an interesting week. I mean, all the games are interesting now. All the games are big now. And uh, 
and then it's on to San Francisco for three. <clears throat> sorry, and then over to L- and then down to LA for three. So, so you got it. Does, not that it matters. We spent the first part talking about that. Uh, not that it matters. Remember when we were on here before the Tigers series, and we were borderline making fun of the Tigers because yeah. because their rankings, not just their record, but their rankings in every metric, bottom of the well, that's the Royals too. So let's just not talk about it. Uh, but uh, you've got the, this uh, team, what the Giants are one or two games under five hundred, and then you go to Dodger Stadium and you got your yeah. you know the start of your nine against the Dodgers in September. And and so I would say I, I would say that these next six are are kind of big. The Giants, I don't care what anyone says, a division opponent. Uh, if they were 10 games under, those would be tough series. They've got some decent pitching. I haven't seen how it lines up. Uh, but I would, you know, duh. These are these are very big ones here at Kauffman Stadium. You lose two or three, and I got to start shifting my coverage even more toward what the, you know, what what's going yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, like I said, Royals and Giants both have losing records. The Giants are one, you're correct, one game under at 61 and 62. Uh, then it's L.A., uh, then it's Arizona, and then it's L.A. play again. And, and a couple with Seattle, which is also uh, playing well. So there are, you know... What one, two, three against the Royals, um, seven against the Diamondbacks, three against the Rockies that are left, six against the Giants. So there's a lot of bad teams that are still on the schedule. Um, in a, uh, other than nine against the Dodgers, three against the Cardinals, you know, two against the Mariners, kind of thing. So, uh, but right now the Padres haven't shown that they can really do much against anybody. So tonight would be a good time to to turn that around, I would think. Yeah, I could go into the fact they're facing two lefties, two young guys that aren't doing very well. Probably a bullpen game tomorrow. Zach Granke was going to pitch tomorrow, went on the injured list, and they called up two relievers. Now, they can obviously make another move that I'm not aware yeah. of, but I didn't see any coverage that suggested that uh, they have a starter they're going to call up. So, I mean, this is I mean, this is meat. This is red meat. Uh, but they've been vegetarians lately. Just made that <laughs> up. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend.